time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. It is Fifth Avenue Faceoff on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's where you go. That's where you subscribe. That's where you download. That's where you listen. That's where you enjoy all that we have here for you. Talking Pittsburgh hockey several times a week. Thanks to Eric Tangrady. Thanks to Sheng Peng, who covers the Sharks out in San Jose for SJ Hockey Now. Uh, And thanks to you for rating, reviewing, letting us know exactly what you think. Whether you get us in that Odyssey app or iTunes or Spotify, wherever it is, leave a five-star review. Leave a glowing uh, comment, and we will, by all means, thank you. Like this, just by saying thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, Pleased to be joined. Are you done shilling yet? No. Are you done dancing for the man? Quiet from you over there. It's it's too early where you are for you to be yelling and screaming like that, carrying on with all that nonsense. Dave Damashek, that's the voice you just heard. He joins me on Fifth Avenue Face Off now. Good morning, David. It's morning where you are, even if it's afternoon where I am. And y- you look lovely. How are you re- recovering from Super Bowl Sunday in a week in the desert? Well, listen, it was a great time as always over there rubbing elbows with the fancy pants. The mm-hmm. Super Bowl was grand. My reaction is exactly the same as anyone else who watched it. That thing was tracking to be one of the top three or four Super Bowls, perhaps even the greatest edition in the history, in the 57-year history of the game, all sullied appropriately, I suppose. <laughs> by the officials making a call that didn't have to be made. And you know what? I really do think my big takeaway is when people say, Hey, if it's a penalty in week seven, then it's got to be a penalty with a minute to go in the Super Bowl." And my response to that is twofold. One, the subjective calls that NFL officials make may or may not have caught that in week seven. And they may or may not have caught that if it had happened 30 seconds earlier before the uh, James Bradbury defensive hold, one. And two, and more importantly, the idea that a penalty is a penalty, that ain't the case in the NHL, is it? You know, the refs will swallow the whistles in big spots late and in overtime. I don't know that that's the better way to go, but it sure feels like it now when we were deprived of what could have been a classic end to a classic Super Bowl. I don't appreciate your flexibility of these hardline rules, Mr. Damashek. The rules were written for a reason, my friend. Hmm. And anybody is going astray from those rules shall be punished accordingly, including Mr. Bradbury, who admitted his mistake after the game. Rules yeah, he, is rules. Why did he have to open his yap? Now it <laughs> makes it okay. And, you know, I, I, I really do wonder, you know, the machine has to now genuflect to Patrick Mahomes, and he deserves right? it, but I do think it's... um. You know, I, I I do think that what wins over the course of this next week and over these next six months, what when we get back to football in August, will will the takeaway of the previous season been Patrick Mahomes? Inevitable. He's the best and we must, or will it be like, dang it, that season was spoiled by the referees once again in the big spot with uh, with under two minutes left. Well, we've certainly never thought that in regards to hockey before, as you mentioned. So... 
Lord knows officiating has never played an adverse role in an outcome in a Stanley Cup playoff game, or let alone in a regular season game when Sidney Crosby, for example, Saturday night in beautiful downtown Los Angeles, where you live now, was cross-checked summarily to the ice, argued over it with the gentleman who had cross-checked him, and then was assessed the game misconduct for doing the arguing both with the offender and with the official. So what the hell happened Saturday night out there in L.A.? That was a weird moment. We've, not, you know, it's it, it's not the first time we've seen '87 get a little chippy when things yeah. are going south. This is his way. Um, does it have some value going forward? I don't know. You know, you always the, the broadcaster always feels obliged to announce that this he's showing fire and he wears the C <laughs> and this is something that his teammates will see and and uh, and use going forward. Um, obviously the much more significant concern is getting housed on that level. Um, the, the fact that, you know, it's the second of, uh, a back to back for them. We excuse that, um, because our guys are a little bit older, but the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is should the pens survive this, I mean, and it is a all time rugged murderers row of teams to get into the Wales conference dance this year. I'm not, I, I'm not going to call it the Eastern conference. Thank you ever, for continuing that tradition ever, ever, ever shame the devil. And in fact, what we, I, I, I have said this for 20 years since they made this change. Okay. You don't want to go Norris or Patrick division anymore. So be it. Can we at least now update it? Can it be the Lemieux division? Yeah. Can we have an Ovechkin division? Who's like the best 99 of all time? Wilf Payment? Okay, Wilf Payment division. Whatever you want to do. I mean, we, we, we can debate who gets the honors. But anyway, Eastern Conference, that was what was one of the great things about the NHL versus all the other sports. Um, You're right. But, you know, should they get into the Stanley Cup playoffs? The point is, you know, every other night for however long they can survive. So having the legs to, to um, shame the devil have to put out big effort in consecutive nights can't be an excuse that you use as the pens are coming down to the, to the wire here. And it's, and it's really the bummer of it is that, you know, they survive. I thought it was a little bit fluky surviving the abs game the way they did, but okay, right. maybe it's a pivot point and an inflection point for an up and down season. Then they do what they did to the ducks. You could really talk yourself into like, Feeling right, good, these, yeah. these are the pens that we're going to get the rest of the way. They know when they have to turn it on and off. We saw it a year ago, the last month of the regular season, they looked dead in the water. Then were it not for not one, but two goaltending injuries, they would have certainly survived the rags and who knows after that. Um, so you figure like, Okay, these are these these are professionals. These are vets. They know when they have to get it going. I thought that was the case, and then six nothing happens. Yeah, and this is a. I threw this number out earlier when I had Eric Tangrady on one six and two in the second half of back to back so far, Dave. That's that's what being the oldest team in the league will get you one six and two, and they've got five more of these things down the stretch, including two. In the next 10 days, one of them against the Islanders, another one against Tampa. You know, they, they've got, I think, three games against the Rangers in a eight-day period uh, or seven-day period in the middle of March that will basically decide their playoff positioning. they got to get it together. And, and I don't know, like, it, I don't know if Ron Hextall is just trying to bluff the hell out of all of us 
saying he doesn't want to deal a first round pick and uh, being unusually quiet. I hope that's what it is because that's kind of what it was last year. And he went out and got, got Ricard Raquel. That's kind of what it was two years ago. And he got out, went out and got a productive Jeff Carter uh, this year. He's quiet again, says he doesn't want to deal a first-round pick. I, I don't know what he can do with the limited cap space available to him, but you got teams willing to suck up cal- salary cap space and retain cap for guys like Tarasenko. You got to be able to do something, right? Well, once you see the Rags deal for Tarasenko, yeah, it does open up the possibility that you can get some some nice pieces there. It doesn't mean that Tarasenko wasn't the only desirable piece on the market there but when you see the price tag for it you hope it's not to get back to a football comparison the Amari Cooper math going from Dallas to Cleveland in hindsight made no sense um he was a giveaway so was the Tarasenko deal anomalous or is that an indication and and you know the leverage the, the the asset that the Penguins have right now is that first round pick and when you combine that it it indicates if it's a hard and fast thing and we'll see what Hextall actually does not what he has said about that not being on the table the first overall pick but it does indicate a fundamental lack of understanding about what these Pittsburgh Penguins are what at least should be about the notion of what you're trying to do yes we I do think cap space continues to go up the idea that the pens are doomed for the entirety of the 87, 71, 58 contracts, given the weight uh, of those deals, that they're never going to have any ability to to move around and add pieces. Obviously, the cap's going to go up this offseason and next season, so they'll be able to flesh things out. I don't think it's as doom and gloom as people would have you believe. That said, those guys are going to be diminished versions of themselves in two years. Point is, I thought the whole thing was, we're going for it right now. We are right. all in. On the present, I'm all about that. Again, another football reference. Worked out for the Rams yeah. uh, a year ago. I don't think they would give it back, no matter how messed up things are now looking ahead. That's what these Pittsburgh Penguins have to be about. And so, of course, the number one should be on the table if that's what it requires. And I think the sad kind of irony, as as you look at it now, is that it's not, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, somebody who, who could uh, – punch it up a little bit and um, and and provide some offensive production on the third line would be great. But what they really, it feels to me, they need some sandpaper. They need some physical heft in the bottom third, uh, in, in the uh, bottom six. And um, so, you know, you hear it's a name brand, but you hear a name like Ryan O'Reilly potentially mm-hmm. being out there. I don't think you have to get a guy like Tarasenko to keep pace. What you need, you, you I mean, in that top six, you got what you need in terms of goal production in all likelihood. Um, so, yeah, I, that shouldn't require a first-round pick from Hextall. And if he doesn't make a move at this point, if he can't understand what this situation is for the Penguins, which is go for it right now while you have 87 playing at this level and 71 at his level, and the way 58 has played um, for the most part since he's come back, this you should be going for it. Um, and if not, then – my longstanding theory that he might be a double agent for the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers could in fact be true. Um, so yeah. I, it becomes hard to argue against if he doesn't get it together between now and March 3rd. The, my only, my only thing is like, if he's thinking about, I have a responsibility that you may not like penguins fans, but I have to keep 
the 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 future bright. That's my job as general manager. I can't just go all in and give away the future. Yeah, you can because yeah, you know how selfless are you, man? You're not going to be here if this team misses the playoffs with Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin and Chris Letang and the other pieces. Uh. That's going to be a pretty big indictment on you as the general manager. So the assumption I have to make make sure I keep an eye five years down the line. Like I, I'd be more selfish than that if I were you, Ron Hextall. Because it's because, malpractice if he doesn't right? go out and do every absolutely everything he can. So this is my question for you because I find myself wondering this, and I've kicked it around with people a couple times. Sidney Crosby's got three years left on his contract, but I find it hard to believe Sidney Crosby's going to be done playing hockey at thirty-eight. I think he'll be like Tom Brady. He'll play till. He just simply can't do it at the same level. And he'll play till he's 45 if he can. Evgeny Malkin's around for another four years, three years after this year. Chris Letang's contract runs ad infinitum at this point. Uh, he's just a penguin for life after that extension last year. If they play together another five years, do you feel like they have to get you one more cup, one more parade down the boulevard of the Allies to feel like they really fulfilled absolutely all the promise of what we thought we might get 15 years ago when these three came together? I'm going to go no on this one. I think it's a valid question. I feel satiated. I mean, just look back. It depends how, I guess some, some of it is how long you've been a, a Penguins fan. If you were born in to the assumption that the Penguins are always good, I guess you could talk yourself into, boy, we left a little meat on the bone there. But, you know, take a look around, look at the Chicago Blackhawks, right. um, what, what what became of them. T- you know, the, this Penguins era has endured much longer and had much greater success over the long term versus the other contenders for team of the millennium. I know what Tampa Bay is doing and what they have done. They would be the other team that you would elevate to the Penguins level in the 21st century. But, man... As far as I'm concerned, I've become the older I get journey over destination guy. I think it means something that let's hope that it goes this way. But, you, you know, people, I get the cynicism about you got to turn the page and it's about championships and nothing else. But to me, it, it can't be zero sum like that. If every year is a disappointment because you don't win the championship in whatever sport it is. Boy, you're really setting yourself up for some some uh, sad uh, times. Uh, you know, going like you you must be able to extract some satisfaction from from moments in and of themselves, rather than it feeding the ultimate goal. Obviously, it would be great to see '87 and company hoist that uh, that thing over their head one more time. As a guy who remembers Mike Bullard and Michelle Dion and Mo mm. Mantha and Ron Stackhouse and in 1984 in October gathering around the TV while my mother called my sister Amy and I to dinner, come in here. The dinner's on the table. Get in here. We said, we got to, we got to see this 66 (laughs) Lemieux's first shift. We'll be in there after his first shift and watching him take the puck off Raymond Bork stick, the reigning Norris champ, and then coming down on Pete Peters, the reigning Vezina trophy uh, winner coming down on him, beating him on his first shot and dancing around that living room, around the TV. We're going to win the cup. And it only took eight short years longer to, <laughs> to get that cup or whatever it was, seven years. Um, you know, I just wanted to see them win one. So maybe I'm the wrong person. Maybe I'm a little pie eyed, uh, optimistic five cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins, the team. If you, ext- if you kind of look at it over 
the last 30 years, they are the answer. And there's not really, it's not even debatable. Who is the best team of the last three, the last four decades? It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, hands down. Not it's only wild. The, not only the five Stanley Cups, Dave, but for, I, we'd say what, out of the last 40 years, we'd say 37 of them or so, 30, 36 of them have been spent with one of the two or three best players in the world right. on the roster every single year, Lemieux, Yager, Crosby, Malkin. If you're, if you are, you know, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, here's another football, you know, comparison. I said about five, six years ago, can you imagine being a Packers fan? It's cool that you have these superstar guys you have never had in 30 years now. Um, if you're the pack, if a Packers fan, you've never had worse than the, second best quarterback i mean the transition year rogers right taking over for far still put had a big statistical year never had worse than the second or third best quarterback in in the nfl and yet you only have the same number of lombardis as dilfer and flacco brought to Charm oh. city that's got to be a gut punch we are not comparable to that as as the listen the bruin series uh the halak series to the habs so on and so forth they're you know the Islanders two years ago, when you knew if, if Jari would have played, you know, uh, replacement level, you know, middle of the pack kind of puck, they would have advanced. Right. And last year, you know, the, the Louis Domingue trajectory <laughs> that, I mean, that story we've kind of, where would he, that's a fun thing to consider. If they survive that series with Louis Domingue, where is he now in the pantheon of, of, of black and gold legends for all of time? I think oh, he'll be, He'll right be up there with the moose, now. right up there with the moose, Hedberg, right? You know, some goalie you never knew anything about, and then all of a sudden he comes in and shocks the world, right? I, I would think he'd I, be up there in the the moose trajectory. So to me, the 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 long, uh, the very long answer to your fairly straightforward question is: Listen, I, I I really do take great pleasure in being a Penguins fan, and that you know, in the free agency era, as it you know the pervasive way of all major sports at this point that, that we can say that we saw the greatest player of all time, 66 Lemieux mm -hmm. where only black and gold that, I mean, that, that was it that, that Roberto Clemente and pop Stargell and Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw and mean Joe green and Jack Lambert. And let's hope 87, 71 and 58, that means something and people can get sideways about it. That that's that's honoring the past. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. It's 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 a past that deserves to be honored. And if those guys never win another cup, that's fine. What I want to see them do, I know this is setting the bar low, and there are plenty of people in Pittsburgh sports media that would disagree with this. I want to see them win a series. And I, I know that sounds crazy. I want them to prove their relevance, especially now. If you really think about this, I sort of threw it out off the cuff the other day but then i started thinking about it is the wales conference right now as constituted the last three years let's say as rugged a side of the bracket in any sport you can think of in our lifetime you're a little younger than i am mac but i would go you know 70s 70s afc when mm -hmm. you had the raiders steelers dolphins Oilers, uh, and so on. You had some legit teams there, like the the eighties um, uh, NFC. You might yeah. float out there when you had Montana's Niners and uh, Giants, Marcel's LT, Giants, yeah, yeah, and, right? Yeah. The, 
all but I mean this is an all-time group so you're really setting yourself up as are rags fans lightning fans leafs fans and so on like only one team's coming out of this side and it's going to be a brute getting through three rounds to do it so no i i i'm not setting myself up for the disappointment that like do the pens need to run the table here to 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 earn those contracts no they've already earned them with uh with us getting to see them hoist that thing three times over their heads and 66 Lemieux always there in the background the most significant individual to one franchise in the history of at least North American sports, if not in the history of people. You always bring me some perspective, Dave. I appreciate it because I sit here and I whine and I mean, mean, give me one more parade, please. I just want to stand on the boulevard of the Allies in mid-June. and I want that too! uh, But you bring perspective, and I appreciate that. It's not the end-all, be-all. Before That's I also you... one more thing I want to say yeah, to yeah. you about, about era and what mm-hmm. we have with these guys. You know, much is made and has been made for many decades. And I like to make fun of the old Yinzers. It's like, Dave, we need to get back to running the football and playing good D like they used to do back in the 70s. Never mind the the um, the game changing a little bit and all of that. But I get I get the spirit of what's going on here. It the the uh, the other side of that is always the idea that Pittsburghers like it's a blue collar town. They can appreciate great defense as though if you played great defense in Miami or LA, not the, 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 the citizenry yeah. couldn't appreciate. Like, what am I looking at? They're good to defense. We need splash and dash. I think it's ironic that the Penguins in blue collar, where they appreciate hard work and all of that, all the jive as though that's only true in Pittsburgh and not the rest of society. Um, the counter to that is the Penguins haven't just won five cups. Consider how they've done it. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle there, there's the dead puck era. There's the Devils who almost re- literally ended the NHL with their garbage, skill-free, crap, uh, uh, clap and uh, trap stuff. That the Penguins have won it by high-flying, go you know, foot-on-the-gas puck, not known for great defensive teams, enough to, to survive that, but that they have their foot on the gas at all times is great for the sport, and it's been great for us as Penguins fans. Over, like I say, I mean, since I, I was there before 66 arrived, I was, I was tuned in, and for the last 40 years, that this, the collection of talent that we've gotten to watch, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to get me to bellyache about it. Do they do – they, give me fits and keep me up at night oh, last sure. spring against the rags. And we, Oh, we should have won. And that if Deming handles that shot with a minute to go on Kreider, that instead bounces over his head, we move on and who knows? Yes. I'll, I, I walk the floors endlessly with angst over that, but I'm just trying to see the forest for the tree. You're right. At least it's been beautiful hockey or most of the time it's been right. a, mildly attractive hockey. You're absolutely right. Dave Damashek. Uh, catch him uh, across the podcast landscape. Minus three extra points. Don't call it a comeback. He is uh, a Pittsburgher through and through who loves the Penguins just as much as the rest of us. And again, you always bring me the perspective I need, Dave. I appreciate your time today. Mac, I don't understand because I am by, you know, my, my uh, natural setting is pessimist. But I, you know what? The Pittsburgh sports media has forced me into the uncomfortable spot <laughs> of somehow having to be the optimist or the, or, or, or the uh, one with the sunny disposition. I guess I have to wear it. It's as good as we're going to do. But in fact, 
Pittsburgh sports media can't do better than Chris Mack. I appreciate the invitation, man. A huge fan, you know, uh, uh, um, been here, there, and everywhere over the, the last couple of decades. And uh, you rise to the top of, uh, of the best guys I've met along the way. So cheers uh, to you, man, it, on starting this much-needed podcast, Black and Gold Puck. I, I appreciate it, man. And uh, as always, you wear the optim the sunny optimism well. It looks good on you, Dave. So thanks looks for better the than my hair. Look at my, my hair's real. <laughs> no, see, that's the Hollywood look. It looks good on you. It looks good on you. It's like Johnny Depp. Like that's what yeah, it's like Johnny Depp's like, I'm gonna make myself as unattractive as I can, <laughs> and I can still out lady you. You know, exactly. The ladies will still like me better than you. That's what he does. He that's what he's doing. He's giving the rest of us the middle finger, Johnny Depp. When yeah, he, does, he dresses like a clown with all the bobbles, he's like, I can still get more women than you. That's what that's what I'm doing to you right now, Mac. That's exactly what it is. And that's okay. I, I recognize game recognize game, as they say, Dave. Mm-hmm. Or something Amen. like that. Amen. I don't know. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. The great Dave, Dave Damashek again. Uh he's got podcasts galore, Mr. Multimedia. We appreciate him taking the time to join us here on Fifth Avenue Face Off. Sheng Peng before him with some really good info on the Sharks trade market, how the Penguins may get involved in that. In case you missed it, rewind. Go back. You skipped over it just to get to Dave? I understand Dave's wonderful. Go back to Sheng. Listen to what he had to say. And always good to catch up with Eric Tangrady as well. We'll talk to him again on Wednesday. Uh, Also on Wednesday, we will take a little bit more of a dive into the trade market. We will have the Sharks game to talk about as well. And later in the week, we start to look towards a big wraparound weekend of Metro Division action as well. As always, here on Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, it is Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Download, subscribe, rate, review, all those wonderful things we ask you to do. Let your friends know as well, whether it's through Odyssey, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, however you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, download, listen, and of course, like I said, five-star ratings love them reviews we love them so keep them coming and get ready for the next episode of fifth avenue face off